uh, really believe that email deliverability is a result of love and respect. So it's love towards human being, their you know their time and attention, etc., and respect towards uh, their energy and their resources, but also your resources and your time and energy. So you're not abusing someone else's infrastructure, and you're not putting too much pressure on your infrastructure, which means you're not sending like in peaks, in high volumes, just before the Black Friday, right? You're silent to the whole world for the whole year, and then you suddenly blast a Black Friday uh, mm -hmm. deal. Today at Inboxing, Radek Kaczynski, CEO and founder of Bouncer, an email validation and verification service. And welcome back to another episode of Inboxing, the podcast that talks all about email marketing. And today we have a great guest, a good friend of mine, did a great series uh, called 30 Days to Better Email that's available at hillberg.com slash 30 days. He wrote all about uh, deliverability because he's actually started a company that specializes in that email ver verification. And that's what we're going to talk a little about today. So th happy Thanksgiving to everyone watching. Uh, if anyone in the United States watching, you know, that is. But for the rest of the world, you know, it's Thursday afternoon or Thursday morning. So uh, just enjoy. And without any further ado, here is Radek Kaczynski. Hey, hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank God. How did I do with that? With your name, I mean, like Kaczynski is not, you know, like. Wow, well, you you almost nailed nailed it. Yeah. Almost nailed it. Okay. Yeah, it's that C Z, you know, like sound. Yeah, it's a it's a weird Polish sound. I <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> uh, Yeah, and I have a good friend, Scotchless, so you know, it helps like having knowing people with those kinds of names. You know, Shafransky, a few people I could think of, uh, and probably hockey players have helped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. All right. So oh, we'll jump right thank you into for things. For having me, for sure. It's a really, it's it's a great, it's great to have you, and I'm looking forward to this. All right. So tell us a little about yourself and how you got started in the email industry. Well, I think I've been a geek since I've been a small kid. So I, I grew up in in the valley, in the mountains, in Poland, and uh, always uh, when you know when someone asks me who do you want to be when you become an adult. I was immediately saying software engineer. You know, my friends were telling, I want to be a superhero, a fireman, a policeman, and I want to be a software engineer. And at the same time, I, I kind of loved, uh, you know, connecting with people and being connected. So I, I really remember this day when, when I was, I think, like 13, and I went to the computer store, and uh, I, I, I had some, you know, some safe cash. And I was uh, up to make a decision whether I want to buy a graphic, you know, 3D graphic card or modem. So, so I bought a modem. That very store, I kind of created my first email address. Of course, it was, you know, embarrassing email address. <laughs> Probably I abandoned it uh, like a few years after. But it was this moment when I connected to, uh, to kind of internets. And uh, I still remember the sound of the modem, you know, on the on the phone. Uh, it was pr pretty sweet. So that was my first kind of connection with email. Later on, I've been working with pretty cool companies, but to be like really connected with email, it all started when I started Bouncer, which kind of sounds silly and kind of it was kind of naive of of mine, you know, get into email space, not knowing much about it. 
but I've been like super fortunate about the fact that, you know, surrounded by great experts, the email community, email geeks are so welcoming and so open community. So even, uh, you know, a totally, uh, totally newbie starting, a, you know, email verification company could learn from, from the best ones. So that was pretty sweet, pretty awesome. Oh, hello. I'm not sure if you're not muted. It's funny. I almost never mute myself, but I hate when I interrupt people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyways, I was saying, and it takes us exactly the next question, you know, just like, what did you see that inspired you to build Bouncer, an email verification company? You know, like you said, you could have done anything. What said, yeah. oh yeah, let me do email verification. Probably the backstory is is kind of odd and, and maybe not like really common in the email verification space because uh, back then I I've been living in and and working in the US and for a, for a pretty sweet company love love it for for Volvo Group and I was responsible for especially for Mac trucks dealerships uh, communications so uh, you know all the software I, I've been responsible managing like a whole portfolio of the uh, of the aftermarket solutions for North and South America and we had a kind of a big uh, issue with the continuity of communication so when when a driver was coming to the dealership and you know have been passing the contact details over the counter there have been so many typos and uh, of course, it was also due to the fact that it's like a super multicultural community of the drivers in the US. So different accents, different, um, well, and of course, there's a, always a chance of getting a typo in the email address when someone is over the phone or over the counter. So we had like a huge issue with the master data management. We've been, um, our, our dealers were typing in the addresses and then the whole communication about the service was interrupted. Then all the post service situations like surveying or you know marketing, upselling new new features, new services uh, was uh, was kind of uh, was kind of interrupted because the continuity of the communication was disturbed. So I figured, hey, well, there has to be something we could do about it. So I did some research and and found that yes well there's a, there there are some competitors there's a technology that we could uh, utilize in order to solve this issue later on i kind of learned that it's it's not only about you know uh, capturing the correct email addresses and verification in real time to make sure that you're capturing the correct ones but it's also about list hygiene and list verification uh, after the time that i learned about all the you know statisticals aspects that come into play etc but uh, yeah I, I wanted actually when i was starting bouncer i wanted to solve the the issue of the uh, interrupted uh, communication when the email address is invalid at the moment of entry and when I found that, well, okay, there's a there, there's something we could do about it. Uh, I I basically like during one day decided, okay, I'm quitting my corporate job and moving back to Europe because here I've got much better actually environment and much better you know surrounding uh, community that was enabling me to to do that. We uh, well build a team. Uh, took some European Union funds uh, to uh, for the innovation for the R and D projects. And started Bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So really, like when you said Brad, so you're really just trying to do it like on the fly solution. You know, like yeah. if you put it in an email address. Nope, that's not an email address. Try again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and to go further, actually, uh, this is um, yeah, this is deliverable email address, or there are some risk factors that come into play. 
with that particular email address uh, so that uh, so that you know people could make decisions when they get connected right and so that right, they, right. they can they can bring the value to each other for sure i remember when retailers started you know giving you you know like a keypad to put in your email address instead of you know asking you what your email address was yeah. and then <laughs> you were supposed to get an email to get like 10% off so you wanted to get yeah. that email so you made exactly. sure to give them the right email address yeah yes. so that so, that was how they were getting around so, that problem so many use cases here uh you know on the mobile fat finger um piece um, is also playing you know um creating some uh some, some issues of course but the the, the 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 funny thing is that actually like in our business this is not the most important use case uh for you know business wise and for right um, we probably would never be sustainable business if we would just focus on that piece uh-huh um, oh for, so sure. It's, uh, for sure for I mean, sure interesting you know it. <laughs> i learned i learned it hard way <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you find you know it's so interesting how often that happens though in business in general like you think yeah. you're coming to solve one problem but then it turns out you're really doing something completely different yeah um, exactly yeah all right so maybe take us a little bit of under the under the hood so how exactly does bouncer really any of these tools like is it historical data is it like you know like yeah what how, how do they test you know i'm not actually sending emails to everybody so so how do you guys know who's a valid yeah. email what's not a valid email and uh, well, it depends. There are different paradigms, and there are different different types of actually email verification solutions um, that are that are connecting the well, utilizing different technology. But if it comes to if it comes to Bouncer itself, we kind of decided that we don't want to use the historical data, uh, meaning we want to provide the most accurate information to our customers as it's possible. So that's why we're we're not utilizing the historical data, even though we already verified like 2 billion email addresses over the last uh, three, four years. But we, we kind of feel that we we have to deliver the you know the, the best precision possible, especially as one time the, the email address might be undeliverable and uh, and taking that information with the time being might not be the you know might introduce the false negatives. And also, like when we've been designing Bouncer, that uh, well that, that was a cautious decision because we wanted always to be biased against false negatives, which means we don't want you to lose a contact with with your customer or with your friend with your partner because of our mistake so that's why um so that's why we are not utilizing the the, the historical data the historical bounces what do we do is actually and of course we're not sending the email to to the recipients <laughs> but but what we actually do is um we are utilizing the smtp protocol uh, so we're we're starting the first comments of the smtp protocol uh, to establish the connection with the recipient server and to negotiate and ask them, hey, do you guys have this kind of email address registered in your database? And the majority of the servers will, uh, without any issue, answer. Some will ask us uh, things like, hey, we don't really know you, we don't really trust you, could you mm -hmm. try in, in a bit, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And of course, well, probably this is not an ideal ideal so solution but uh, but we want to be also like eco-friendly well eco-friendly uh, try to be uh try to limit our footprint as much as possible because uh, because it's a it's a utilization of someone else's resources right so we want to do it as 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 little uh -huh. as as possible establish as little um, connections as possible so that you know the esp it's not resource ISP, intensive 
Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's why we kind of put a lot of attention into designing our algorithms, into incorporating artificial intelligence and machine learning in order to limit the needed amount of connections with the SMTP servers because so that we don't, you know, we don't use someone else's resources. We are not increasing the, the footprint. And in general, the, the algorithm is like relatively simple. It's just a couple of steps, of course. You're starting with the syntax, whether the email is a correct email address, and then you're checking the DNS setup, whether the domain is set up, and then you're establishing the connection with the server. The trick happens when you're doing that like hundreds of millions <laughs> times a month, right? So th this is where magic, where actually magic sauce is. So I'm like super proud of what our development team did, and especially if it comes to backend. This, this is like super sophisticated piece of software and with really cool uh, technologies inside like cloud computing things that netflix is using like super super pretty sweet techy stuff and <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like super impressed and that that actually helps us to have that kind of high precision and that kind of high coverage because ultimately our businesses is actually managing also our reputation uh with the uh, isps um because it's uh, ultimately it's kind of moving the the risks from our customers on us uh, if it comes to checking which email addresses are correct and which are not so that they can you know have a pretty pretty solid sender reputation in the internet uh-huh all right so how careful do companies need to be when they're getting leads you know like that's a that's a great question i think that the more and more uh, well uh, the, the, you know the times change <laughs> and it's <laughs> like in the old days when the when the whole internet was was starting actually it was pretty cool uh, community with a lot of trust towards each other right and that's why even well in the old days even email verification was not needed at all because actually there was like an even a, a comment in the smtp protocol verify which uh, which would ask let you just you know ping a server and check whether the email address exists or not, uh, or even there was a lookup command that we would ask for a hello email at your company and the server would return. <laughs> but unfortunately, there have been so much abuse. You know, the spam started immediately in the <laughs> email space, and that's why the ISPs decided to well to start protecting the the good ones uh, in the community. You're saying in the beginning days, like spammers could actually get email addresses by asking servers, yeah. like, does this email address exist? The email address yeah. exists? Like, yeah. unbelievable. So that's why, you know, those comments have, well, they become obsolete and, uh, you know, the commission because there have been so much abuse. And because of those uh, sneaky guys, uh, we kind of also right now are in a position of a risk uh, that we can be ca categorized by the algorithms that from one hand, are there to protect us, our attention, our time, our resources. And from the other hand, well, they, we, we need to kind of build a trust. So that's why building it, you are now getting the leads in, into your database. Building your database is super important. And you need to make sure that, well, there's an alignment between what you've got to offer and what people do need so that they don't get irritated with your communication later on, so that they don't mark you as spam or complain 
uh, or even litigate the fact that you're sending, you know, unsolicited emails or offers that are misaligned with what you agreed uh, in the beginnings. So building a list and getting your leads into your databases, uh, well, you, you need to put a, well, a bit of effort and uh, kind of look at that holistically. From one hand, it's a it's a really good thing to incorporate like email verification to check the the invalid whether there are any invalid email addresses in your, uh, you know at the moment of entry because some studies show that 5 to even 10% of the email addresses are invalid at the moment of entry like you know so it, it, it it's a, <laughs> it's a solid number of email addresses so starting with that but also looking at uh, into into things a little bit more holistically when you're building a list um, whether you make are making sure that your leads are interested with or there's a probability high probability that there will be interested in what you've got to offer and also that later on to deliver on promise so when you already kind of establish the connection with someone uh, and you do have like an informal contract that you're going to be delivering them some <laughs> types of the of the services. Then just to respect that, because the threats are like they're big. Like if you do some things wrong, then of course you may end up in the situation when you need to recover from kind of some deliverability, uh, you know, problems, really problems and big issues. <laughs> and this is not an easy. This is uh, this is really time and energy and time-consuming thing to recover from the disasters. So it's much better to look at that like in a holistic way and prevent issues <laughs> instead of uh, just fix, fix when they occur. Right, right. I remember you just mentioned, you know, how you have to respect the contract, you know, someone opted in for your emails. I remember reading that, you know, Chad White was my last guest. In his book, he talks about that, like that permission doesn't last forever. <laughs> you yeah. know, like someone gave you their email address, great, you know, but now you have to respect that and and send content that, that matters to them and and not just burn it <laughs> or, oh, or yeah. send them just totally. their black friday campaign once a year yeah, totally very very true yeah right, so this kind of is a similar question and you know if you want to add anything but how can companies build their list in a positive way email well in, in general email but it, it's it's not only about the email it's kind of regardless of the channel communication channel it's uh, when someone leaves you their contact information whatever contact information it is this means that you got some trust from them right because um, it means that they trusted you in some way to provide you with some kind of socket to their time their attention to their energy so first of all you need to uh, well yeah make sure that respect that that kind of trust and you need to also be delivering uh, a value, like upfront, some value upfront, and this is, this usually helps. And it it may be you know it may be a, a moment of joy. This mm -hmm. also is a, a is a value you know in some humoristic stuff uh, counts as well. But uh, but usually it's uh, to deliver some some value or some promise that actually you will deliver a value when they when they leave the contact information uh, to you, and then. When your journey together, you know, goes on, you need to indeed revalidate, make sure that you are aligned with, you know, what are the needs of the of the other human being on the other side, and make sure that you are obeying this contract that you both entered in. So delivering the value, respecting, gaining the trust, and also um, doing that in a in a pretty pretty cool experience while well, building a good experience for for the other human being while you are together on this journey helps a lot. All right. So what's your day-to-day -day like? 
you know, oh, running, wow. running bouncer. <laughs> I sometimes feel like I'm, you know, a uh, jack of all trades and a master of none. Because uh, it's, um, well, we are still, we're, you know, we're still a relatively small team. But what I really love is, is actually working close to the product. I've always been a product guy, uh, really close to the product, uh, IT products. So that's why this is where I feel the best. And especially in the backend uh, aspect, so I I love spending time with uh, with our developers and you know brainstorming on algorithms or ways of you know in, in incorporating new features. But at the same time, I need to be kind of um, you know a face of the company, even though we've got much much nicer face <laughs> of uh, you know our gorilla. But yeah, and um, you know during my journey with Bouncer, I had to learn a lot of if it comes to marketing, if it comes to sales. I kind of suck at sales still. <laughs> but I'm, I'm doing some progress gradually and slowly, probably slower than, than we need that. But I really love, I truly love from time to time work on the user support as well, to be connected with, you know, with our customers, with our users. Even though, let's, let's be honest, like no one likes email verification. No, like, no one is like, you know, wakes up in the morning and says, hey, yeah, I'm going to be working with, you know, with my email verification provider. Hopefully it's sponsored. But uh, the, it, there's no much excitement about, you know, working with the email verification. Uh, but uh, I really enjoy being in, in dialogue, being in contact with, with our customers. So that's why I, I do spend some time on a weekly basis at the user support just to be connected, be close to, to our customers. And other than that, yeah, well, all sorts of things. And I, I suck at many of them, but uh, but learning. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's, you know, that's what it is at the top. All right. So, yeah, you mentioned that. Just, I had no idea Volvo and, and Mack trucks and, you know, but I don't know if you want to, you know, it, it really started there and ended in, in Bouncer or is there anything in between there and there? Yeah, yeah my CV looks boring. It, it really <laughs> does. Like during the, the college days, I, I joined Volvo Group, uh, first in Poland. Uh, then, then I moved to, to to US. Indeed, in meantime, I was uh, I was playing around with some PhD in bioengineering. Um, oh. But well, I did finish my studies, but I never kind of uh, defended my my thesis uh, there. So I kind of abandoned it and went into business stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I abandoned that when I moved to to US for a couple of years. But so it it looks pretty boring. But uh, but I. Well, I, I feel like it was really, really cool journey. And uh, and and by the way, Volvo Group is a really amazing company, really cool corporation with pretty solid values that were in line with with me. So when I usually when I find something that I like, I stay mm-hmm. there. I started as a software engineer. That was my dream, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, re- really quickly, I I decided that um, I want to be well, work a little bit more with the customers, work a little bit more with the with the other human beings. So humans, mm-hmm. and well, one with the technology, kind of. Uh, so I entered in in some different different roles, uh, like first scrum master, team leads uh, roles. Then have I've, I think I've been one of the first ones who've been introducing. Lean in IT into Involver Group. I was doing that kind of in a as an underdog, uh, more or less. So it, the whole organization was being agile. Mm-hmm. Well, it was going with the agile, mm-hmm. and I was introducing Lean at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I really loved like entrepreneurship. So that's why when I was in the US, I, I had a, like super fortunate times to work with the business with the VPs of Mac of uh, Volvo to think about different IT ideas, working with some venture capital. 
company of ours with the vendors that we had. So it was it was really really fun journey, and it taught me a lot. Like I, I learned a lot, and it, that was one, also one of the reasons why I, I stayed there for over a decade. Oh wow! I, yeah, <laughs> I, I <realize> it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was over a decade, and and it was um, well. First of all, because they had well, the company had values that were in line with my values, and the other thing was that I was able to learn a lot, and I I was kind of taking it as a as a journey that would kind of make me ready to uh, to start my something on my own. Of course, you were never ready, and um, by the way, if I would know um, what it takes to build a company like Bouncer, probably I would never start it. And at the same time, I'm kind of happy that I didn't know it. It's been a ride as well. Uh, I'm just wondering, did your dev experience, you know, working as a software engineer in Scrum, and you know, did that help you develop Bouncer? You know, like did. basically do the same kind of stuff. It did, and um, big time. Well. Probably if you would ask Rafael, so our de- developer, um, maybe it did help. But I, I, I do know <laughs> that I was probably stepping too much uh, into into his role uh, because it was just close to my, you know, to my experience, to my heart. And um, so it did it did help to build a product. And, and well, that that that's kind of how Bouncer is. Like we still suck at marketing well we just <laughs> renewed our website well finally uh, it kind of <laughs> reflects our backend we're right now working on the front end of the application because we well we we never had uh, you know we never been a good designers of the you know of the fancy the stuff UX. uh yeah of the ux we we've been always focused on like high volume processing uh parallel processing aspects and algorithms in oh, the backend uh-huh. because i well it did help with product with building really solid um, probably one of the best on the market uh products but it also well prevented me from learning as much as i should in the marketing and and uh, and sales i think uh-huh. email marketers who run high volume email programs know that the ease with which you can make decisions impacts campaign success and that's why OnGage made sure it's easy to act on, optimize, and leverage your data. With OnGage, you'll be able to send your customers on personalized journeys based on the data from an action-based dashboard and with in-depth reporting. To learn more, visit hilleberg.com OnGage and discover what OnGage can do for you. Can I ask you a question? I mean, it's not in the cards here, but, you know, I did like 10,000... Email list took, I don't know, five minutes. So I'm saying if I had a million list, would it take, you know, a few hours? Like how long? I'm sure that's a big part of the business is like the time that it takes to verify a big list. Like, yeah, what's like, is that something you guys are working on all the time? And, you know, that, you know, per thousand email takes a minute. You know, like, how does it work? Well, actually, small lists take on average longer than the big lists. With, it's mostly because our average capacity or bandwidth that we are giving to each of our customers is 200,000 emails per hour. I'm going to the back of the line. That's what you're saying. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, well, we, we do have, uh, well, actually, we're, we're kind of trying to give, spread the bandwidth as equally as we can and uh, be fair to all of our customers. And it's mm-hmm. not about get, getting at the back of the line. It's mostly because, like, well, we do have this Windows progress bar syndrome, uh, and it's <laughs> mostly because, um, well, actually, like, 10,000 emails will be verified in five 
actually three, four minutes probably, maybe five. But then there's also always a time for waiting for the last results, like retries or gray listing, uh, you know, a handling. When when a server tells us, "Hey guys, I try again in five in five minutes," we we just need to wait five minutes to to give you the the most accurate results. So that's why the waiting time for the last uh, results is there, and it's like configured to be three five minutes. Of course, you can pause and you can get the results before, but in general, the shorter lists on average take longer, but our main capacity is per customer 200,000 emails per hour. So it means like million would take five hours or so, but we do have a really scalable solution. So if you would come to us and say, hey, I, I need 1 million, you know, really fast, then we, I believe we can give you more bandwidth, boost your priority for, uh, for some limited time, and uh, deliver you the results much faster than normally. Okay, we have a we have a fan a fan comment question. Chris Byrne, our Irish friend, oh. uh, <laughs> hey, doesn't Chris. live in Ireland, as far as I know. But uh, but yeah, basically, he has a question for you, and I think he's watching. Yeah, are there GDPR concerns with using email verification tools? For example, if you're using a US-based Verify service, can they properly comply with Ar- Article 17, right to be forgotten? It's a really good question. Well, we are, I may be biased while answering this question because we are a European company, right? We are fully hosted in, uh, in Europe. Our data centers are in Europe only. And well, a couple of years ago, probably when, you know, when we had a safe harbor and privacy uh, shield uh, in place and it was kind of still respected by European Union, I'd say... If folks do have, you know, data centers in Europe, then there is no transfer of the data. But actually, you know, Austrian gentleman uh, of the name Schrem, he's been for years questioning some aspects, especially if it comes to the the U.S. government access to the data and and uh, their right to ask any U.S.-based company to give the data to U.S. government. And actually, they do, they do have, like in the U.S., they do have that kind of right. So it makes for our colleagues from U.S. a little bit more complex situation. This is kind of our advantage that we are a European-based company and we are fully, you know, legally established in European Union only. Our from email verification from U.S., they've, they've got bigger problems with, with that right now. Because indeed, uh, of course, we're not saying, you know, no one s- says that, that they would want to you know use the the european uh, european citizens data in any way and no one in the industry does that actually no no one from the from the best 20 solutions but it's about the us government's right to ask for the for some of the data if needed so the data privacy is becoming more and more important. We've been also kind of in a, in a fortunate position when we've been starting Bouncer. The GDPR was a big thing then. So we kind of just made, we were fortunate uh, to be able to make a decisions like on a design phase. So we made a, a GDPR d- a compliance by design and in general data, data privacy, data security um, aspects by design because we didn't have any you know, technical depth, any technical solutions. Like some of our competitors did, they, they need to re- reshape their uh, architecture and we could just design it in a way it will be uh, compliant with, uh, with more and more strict uh, privacy rules. 
So yeah, a really, really, really big subject, really important subject. And as I said, I suck at marketing and sales. Probably we should be positioning <laughs> ourselves much better in this space. <laughs> Thanks, Chris, for reminding me that. That's a great point. Um, yeah, and is that why you're not using any historical data? Is it it's a compliance yeah. thing? Yeah, we even go a step farther. Uh, uh, like we even in our you know logs in in you know application logs. Well, first of all, we give and we give our customers all the ways to delete their data at any time they want. Like data will be automatically deleted if you know if our customers forget to delete it, it will be deleted after sixty days. But uh, we give the API endpoints. We give the ability in the application to delete complete data. Uh, but of course, one might ask a question, okay, and what about the logs, right? Because uh, you probably guys do have logs uh, from the SMTP com communication or internal logs, etc. So we kind of designed a system in a way that whenever it sees that there's an email address that will be stored in, in our database or in our logs, it anonymizes it in, immediately with the algorithms that you cannot decrypt it's so that uh, you know hashing algorithms right yeah and i understand it's not an email address anymore it's just a hash code you're looking up yeah so when when our customer will come and say hey why did you guys uh, return me this this particular result for this particular email address we will hash that email address with the same algorithm and we will and we will be able to compare but from our logs or from our database there's no way to take the real email addresses back well, no one from our team ha will be have will have an access, or and you know, I'm not saying that AWS uh, would be looking at, uh, <laughs> at uh, our database, but no one actually has the physical um, um, possibility to to check the email address. So we, it's been a big thing for us since day one. All right, yeah, make that a big. <laughs> Scream it! <laughs> probably, yeah, probably you should. <laughs> All right, so yeah, what, what, yeah, you know, you're doing talking about you know verification. Everything verification obviously ties into deliverability. So, do you have like five tips about deliverability you can give us? Well, actually, I've got one. Probably when I was learning from the best ones, I, I've been looking at you know various aspects. As much as I'm like a quick learner, I'm also a quick forgetter. Yeah, if I would have to re remember five things, it would be too difficult for me. Unless I would just tattoo it on my, you know, on my forearm, that would be odd. Like tattoo five deliverability tips. <laughs> for yeah, there are there are some people like that. You know, we could ask an email geeks chat. You know, does anyone have any ta email tattoos? We'd love to see it. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. But uh, so so I came came up with this um, with thing that helps me actually to memorize the other stuff. So uh, and I, I know it may sound a little bit pompous or uh, a little bit odd, but I, I really believe that email deliverability is a result of love and respect. So it's love towards human being, their you know their time and attention, etc., et and respect towards their energy and their resources, but also your your resources and your time and energy. So. You're not abusing someone else's infrastructure and you're not putting too much pressure on your infrastructure, which means you're not sending like in peaks, in high volumes just before the Black Friday, right? <laughs> uh, you're, you're silent to the whole world for the whole year and then you suddenly, uh, you know, blast a Black Friday deal. That's one thing. The other thing is, uh, you know, have a respect towards your infrastructure, like do all the SPF, DKIM, DMARC setup, like authenticate so that no one else can impersonate you so that the others know that no one else can impersonate you so they can trust it's you. 
and also, you know, a better of uh, of result of love and respect, right? The other thing is love to, towards uh, someone else's uh, time and energy and focus. So don't don't send you know the messages that don't are not aligned with what you promised or what they they want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. But it's also uh, it's also respect towards uh, you know in in the form you're sending it. So. Well, make it easy to read. Make it easy to read for the humans and for the machines that are protecting them, right? So maybe not so much spammy words inside or just one picture, uh, big picture in the message, and because it it's it just immediately going to be you know identified as a spam. There's also an aspect of uh, like being predictable, and this again comes to the you know to the to the topic right now. Just before in the holiday seasons, we are sending a little bit more messages than usually, and we're shouting out what kind of deals we have to the public. But if you're if you're not doing that before, if oh well, there's going to be a surprise on the other hand because hey, you you've been silent, and suddenly out of the blue, you're you're telling someone that you've got something to offer. So it because it's a well, it just means that you're not connected with the others like on a normal um, basis. And on the other hand, the spam filters immediately will ident- well may immediately identify you as a spammer, um, especially if you're not authenticated correctly. Then they can feel like someone just you know hacked your account and is just blasting tons of uh, of emails immediately. So, to to sum up, email verification really believe that it's a result of love and respect. However, it sounds I know, uh, but uh, it, I, I I truly believe it does. All right. So, what are the top things to look out for? You know, what are the big mistakes people are making in deliverability? I think rush and going for shortcuts is—it's uh, never a friend of ours. Of course, it may—you know—it it may show that there is a probability you will get some—you know—immediate value. You can hack some things, drove hack some things, but long term, it, it never pays off. There's t- too much cost and time that you need to—you need to spend on recovering from from those mistakes. So doing things in in rush, going for shortcuts, you know, purchasing, you know, the databases of the contacts of people who would never be interested in what you've got to offer. Well, those are some shortcuts that that usually don't play really well for us. And again, it comes up to to love and respect towards each other. And so why aren't ESPs, you know, offering either, I wrote on the fly, but even like when you upload a list, like, why isn't it just, you know, like it's protecting themselves, isn't it? It is. I think it depends. Uh, and the industry also changes. By the way, when we started Bouncer, we kind of, because, you know, we are a backend uh, people, <laughs> we, we were really hoping that uh, we're going to be just delivering email verification as a backend, as a service to, to the ESPs, actually. That's why also, you know, our app maybe is not the, the, the most design-ish one because we wanted to deliver email verification to the uh, ESPs. And it wasn't only because, you know, it sounded like a good idea from the business um, perspective, but it was because we, we really believe that an ordinary pe- human being, they don't need to know that there's a bouncer, that they don't need to know that the email verification is needed. They should get what they need inside the tool that they are they're accustomed to they so they don't don't need right. to switch the focus they need to <laughs> do all this uh, stuff uh, yeah i'm talking as an email marketer like why should i ever have to go to bouncer let yeah. you know the platform I, do it for we're me we're really we're ambassadors and we're really trying to spread that kind of news and uh, you know get get esps 
get uh, you know Martech SaaSes uh, to just get connected with our API or API of our you know competitors, so that the ordinary you know marketer, ordinary human being doesn't have to you know know about email verification, doesn't have to care about that at all. Uh, but it's um, uh, well if if we. We we probably would not sustain if we uh, if we would just stick to this concept. So we needed mm-hmm. to to build the easy to use, easy well as easy as possible application, so that we don't steal too much time and energy of marketers, because uh, they should never get into you know our system at all in the first place. But uh, I, I think it's a matter of priorities. So. And it, it depends if it comes to ESPs. So there are some local, pretty solid ESPs. They've got like a majority of the market in, in a particular country, right? We have really cool friends from South Africa. They basically nailed the whole market of South Africa. And they don't need uh, email verification because they do have really good historical, valid data because they're sending like, you know, ton, tens of millions of emails so they do know which bounce and, and whatnot. So they can protect their customers and they can kind of keep the historical data up to date. It's a matter of how you do it anyways. But they can protect their infrastructure and reputation of their customers pretty easily. But when they uh, want to go into new markets that they don't have a full coverage, then essentially they, they really see the value. They really see the need of incorporating email verification uh, into their systems. Uh, so that's one situation when you've got uh, like a really pretty good market coverage you, and your ESP probably you don't need to. But when you're rolling out to new markets, probably that's the time when, when you, you're going to look into that. But uh, of course, there are some situations when a business model of the ESP probably is not fully aligned. But this, this is becoming more and more rare situation when the business model prevents them to incorporate some, some kind of measurements. Uh, to protect the reputation. Uh, the, the, the landscape is growing uh, and, and it's changing. Uh, we've got pretty solid MarTech, SaaSes that are our customers that we managed to convince that, hey, yeah, we'll just give it, whether for free or upsell that kind of uh, technology to your customers, but get your reputation protected, get their reputation protected, and everyone's going to be you know, super happy. And we, we've got amazing customers uh, that, that are connected with our, uh, with our API. And, uh, and th- th- this is awesome. We do have some customers, uh, some partners as ESPs that just recommend us because they, you know, it's a matter of priorities. They do acknowledge that their customers should have the possibility and want it to, for them to have it as easy as possible. So they asked us to incorporate like integrations, super simple uh, native integrations with, with their solutions, or they integrate it with our solution. Usually in that kind of, in that kind of situation is when we, that we in, integrate it so that, you know, user can have as less friction as possible, but still they need to come to us because, uh, you know, the, the ESP needs to focus on some bigger things, more important aspects uh, that are delivering some additional value to their customers. So it's usually a matter of priorities. But I truly, I truly hope that someday no one, no marketer will have to know about Bouncer at all. Even though we, you know, we love people and we love to have conversations with, uh, with other human beings. But uh, let's be honest, it's a waste of your time. Uh, <laughs> when you need to go to Bonsa. Right, right, for sure. All right, we're wrapping up. All right, so what are your proudest email achievements? I mean, obviously you built Bouncer, that's got to be 
It's yeah. gotta be up there. <laughs> well, I, I, like I'd say that, and it's really like uh, really uh, recent achievement. Uh, actually, last month we verified two billionth email address, and it's been huh. like it's been huge for us, uh, especially when wow. you consider. Well, I'm not, I don't remember how many email addresses there are. Uh, you know, globally, there have been some some numbers showing it's like five. Minutes. Yeah, five billion. Mm -hmm. And we verified two billions. Of course, some of them, well, were the, the same email addresses. We, we don't know because we don't store historical data, right? But uh, <laughs> but that that's been a huge achievement. I'm like super proud of what the team did. All right, awesome. All right, um, all right. We're at the end, so you know, just you have the floor. You can you know you can give a commercial if you want. <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, I already told you that I signed this <laughs> Guys, Bouncer is a verification tool. You have a list, <laughs> you upload it, and it gives you back who's good, who's who's maybe iffy, and, and who you definitely should not send to. <laughs> thank you, Kilo. And uh, uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, probably I should say that we are, we are uh, one of the few that are truly European ones. So if we've got any anyone who's from Europe and wants a European solution, we're here, we're going to be happy to to serve you. But um, if it comes to final thoughts, uh, especially for the, you know, for the period of time that we are right now, right? So cyber deals uh, mm -hmm. happening right now, then there's going to be a holiday season. And of course, it's a busy time for all of us. And uh, so I think it's uh, even more important to remember that, that the, well, we, we need to, as human beings, we just need to, you know, love and respect each other. And I do know we, that we do have some goals. We, we do want to take, this is the most important time uh, during the whole calendar year, uh, especially in the, if it comes to marketing, email marketing. But let's do it respectfully towards each other. Let's uh, show the respect let, uh, to, to each other. Let's uh, bring pretty cool value over this, this period of time uh, to each other. And uh, if, we do, if we will do that, if we're going to be mindful, I think that deliverability will be intact. And we're going to get our messages delivered and people will get the value that we've got to offer. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hill. Really appreciate your time. It's been great to be here. Uh, thank you so much for, for having me. Thank you for joining us, and I really hope you enjoyed. Next week, we're going to be back with Alan Levy, CEO of Alchemy Works, an email marketing agency spanning the globe that's doing tremendous work. Um, it's a short episode, but it's a great one. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, if you're looking to sponsor, you definitely can. There's plenty of opportunity still. Find out more about that by going to hilleberg.com slash sponsor. And uh, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.